Phonication, the podcast dedicated to putting together the most horrifying sentences possible while not lying to you. I'm your creepy host, Jack, and thank you so much for tuning back in for another episode. Super appreciate it, and I'm so happy to be telling you guys all about the horrifying things that I had to endure learning. First things first, please continue to stay safe out there, you guys. 2020 is a shitstorm, and it's not over yet. I like all of you guys a whole lot, and I'd be genuinely distressed if I found out one of you guys got COVID or attacked by murder hornets or whatever other bullshit 2020 is pulling out of its ass. So please, for my happiness, stay safe and healthy. <laughs> cool. Now that we've made a pack together, let's get to the subject of today's episode, the Persian carpet flatworm. And if you look at pictures I'll upload to Fonication's Instagram, you'll see exactly why it's called that. It absolutely looks like a Persian carpet. A sentient carpet, like in Aladdin, just flying through the ocean, and it's surprisingly fast, actually. (laughs) Although, in that comparison, I don't know who plays Aladdin to the Persian carpet flatworm. And also, I hope that that's where the similarities end between the magic carpet in the movie and the magic carpet in the ocean. (laughs) You'll see. So this Persian carpet flatworm is found in, like, coral rubble, reefs, bays, and lagoons, uh, basically in Indonesia, Kenya, Thailand, Australia, the Philippines, those kinds of, like, nice diving areas, you know? So if you're ever in the Southeast Asia, you can go diving and witness this super weird animal and what it's about to do. (laughs) As a side note, they're only like 8 to 10 centimeters long, but their diet includes crustaceans that they're able to swallow. Like, when you're that small, what crustaceans are you able to swallow? Like, swallow whole, I assume. So, much like slugs and snails, and actually worms, all species in the same genus as this flatworm are naturally hermaphroditic. They have both sets of reproductive organs, and it's actually a really, really common thing in a lot of taxonomic groups of invertebrates. Actually, like, in most plants, too, I think. (laughs) So there's about 65,000 species of animals that are normally hermaphroditic, like, by default, which is really crazy and cool to me. There's so many species, all of them just bucking against normality, and and good for them, you know? Like, it's just normalizing it. I love it. Although the Persian flatworm is unique because not only does it have both sets of reproductive organs, it also has two penises, both located just underneath their head, like their real head, not their penis head. (laughs) Like realistically, it's protruding from the area where their chin would be if they had a chin. But yeah, two penises, super cool, right? And I want to acknowledge the justifiably common question of if you were to have two penises, would they be stacked or would they be side by side? Well, if you're a Persian flatworm, they're side by side. (laughs) So just imagine a penis, or no, two penises jutting out from each side of your chin. You know what I mean? The level of sex appeal is palpable. And I guess the good thing would be that, like, if you were on a date with that guy, you could just immediately judge your prospects. In humans, the condition is called diphalia, and it's obviously considered a genetic mutation. We're not supposed to have two penises by default, unlike flatworms. But they're generally side to side as well. But stacked has definitely happened. But don't look it up. Like, for real, don't look it up. It's awful. <laughs> All right, back to worms. Let's talk about these worm penises. Why do they have two? Well, like I said, they have both sets of reproductive organs. So they can become either a mom or a dad. 
And technically they can become both, but they tend to choose which role they play. And they always choose to be the dad if they get a choice in the matter. Because being a pregnant mom is really taxing on a flatworm in terms of like resources and energy, you know? Why would you choose to be pregnant when you can choose to be the inseminator? One is a much faster, less dedicated job, and one is just tiring. <laughs> so naturally, when two flatworms get together to have sex, and they're arguing about who's going to be the mom worm and who's going to be the dad worm, they fight about it. Violently. <laughs> More accurately, they duel about it. Which sounds super classy and, I guess, gentlemanly, you know? Like pistols at sundown, slapping idiots with their gloves. I love it. <laughs> It's a little bit more crass for them, though, as they're, they're basically fighting for the right to be a deadbeat dad. Because flatworm fathers don't do any parenting, so this duel is basically an argument about each side wanting to fuck, but neither of them wanting responsibility. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, like, to be 100% honest. Who wants, actively wants, responsibility? I fucking don't. I just want to live my life and not suffer any consequences for it. And I think that's fair. Oh, and they're not dueling with swords or pistols, obviously. <laughs> they don't have thumbs or blacksmiths. <laughs> but like I said, they do have penises, which is close enough to a sword, I guess. <laughs> no sharp edges, but apparently still very, very capable of stabbing. And so, of course, that's what they do. <laughs> they go all stabby-stabby on each other, and the person who loses and becomes mommy is the person who gets stabbed with a penis. Often, quite badly, it can absolutely damage them. I mean, they're getting stabbed, you know? A word I saw used to describe the process is hypodermic insemination. And it's, it is the two worst words you could possibly put together. I've never heard a word combination that awful and that evocative of imagery. Like, I'm trying to think of a single human context where it would not be horrifying. And my mind is blank. Well, actually, not blank. I do have one very pervasive image of me on a bed, like in a hospital, a doctor holding up a giant needle and leaning over to a nurse, like, prep for hypodermic insemination. And it makes me want to scream <laughs> so bad. Imagine if that's what humans had to do, though, right? Imagine how badly our population figures would be suffering. Also, I can't find an answer for the dimensions of the sperm load, but I imagine it's quite a lot. Simply because the sperm stream coursing through the mommy worm can actually be seen through her skin as it travels to the ovaries. <laughs> and, and again, I always think about these things in a human context. What would it be like if a human did this thing? Because I spent the majority of my life as a human, so I want to relate these things to my own experience. But unfortunately, my own experience is heavily influenced by the internet. So as much as I want to say something like, this would advance reproductive medicine or something nice like that, I know the biggest change it would have on our lives is that it would be highlighted extensively in every single piece of hentai. If you don't know what hentai is because you're a boomer or you grew up locked in a basement, I genuinely envy you but not as much as I envy anybody who doesn't know what furry and yif mean. <laughs> so, hente is basically anime, but porn. And I'm not talking like rated R, sexually themed, adults-only anime. I mean actual, penetrative porn 
in anime style cartoons. <laughs> like you, you see the goods. <laughs> and I think uh, Hente is where I want to end this episode. <laughs> I think that's a really good cue that I can end it on a super low note. I like to end things on the bottom for you guys, so your expectations are really nice and low for the next episode, you know? I'm strategizing over here. So the quick thing that I want to mention before I give you guys my obligatory closing plugs, I did not upload an episode last week, and I do want to let you guys know why. Basically, while quarantine was in full swing and I was not working as much, I had all sorts of time to research for the podcast, and I put a lot of heart and effort into what I was presenting. But as you know, many people have decided that in pretending that coronavirus doesn't exist, it'll just go away after ignoring it long enough, obviously. As such, I am back to full-time hours at my day job, because, you know, this isn't my job. (laughs) And it's despite people at my work constantly catching coronavirus. We've had so many cases. It's awful. But with going back to full-time hours and life being the 2020 shit show that it is outside of work, I tried to keep up with putting out weekly episodes for you guys and found myself going to bed at 3 or 4 o'clock every morning and sometimes just not sleeping at all. It was not great. And I tell people all the time, self-care is important because self-care is important, you know? So I think that I should listen to my own words and, I don't know, get some fucking sleep or something. So from now on, uh, Phonication is switching to a bi-weekly format. Would it be bi-weekly or semi-weekly? The every other week format. So I can put out quality research content for you guys instead of cranking out some bullshit and calling it a day. I don't want to do that. All while getting more than two hours of sleep a night, because that's key. I really hope you guys understand. I just don't want to put out shitty episodes for you guys because I love you. I know, that's cheesy. I'm sorry. I'll move on to the obligatory shameless plugs now so we can end the episode. The charity whatever thing I'm doing for saving the bees is still going on. I don't know what to call it. A fundraiser? Charity drive? Whatever. Donations? Well, it's still going on, so you should get in on it. Subscribing to Fonication on Patreon means 100% of the proceeds goes to saving the bees. Not a portion, every single cent through the end of the year. But wait, there's more. By subscribing to the Patreon, you'll also receive a new t-shirt and a pile of stickers and a card because who doesn't like mail? But more importantly, you'll help save the declining bee population. If you eat food, you should care. I'll obviously upload a receipt proving the money has been donated because of ethics, of course. And then as a little, fuck it, let's help some bees, I'll match the proceeds, 100%. Well, I mean, up to the amount where I don't have to take out a loan to match it. Obviously, I need to pay my bills. So I'll match up to, like, you know, like, I'm not going to match $10,000, you guys. Like, I'd love to. I would really love to. I just don't have that money. But I also don't think I'm going to get $10,000. That would be, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. If you know a, if you know a billionaire, let them know. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. Please stay safe out there and tune in for the next episode later. Bye. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle.